Zdrowie Pastor on Your Health is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on Your Health. I'm Carl Christensen, and I'm here with family doc Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office. Although, Zorba, we're missing that, you know, that eye exam chart that I swear it always starts with the letter E. That's right. It starts why? with letter E. Well, because it doesn't start with the letter A. Uh, why would they go to E? Is it because it looks like F, maybe, and they're trying to mess you up, like, right I, off I, the you bat? Know, you know something? I really don't know the history of that. Come on. Let's but it always begins with the letter E. Just standardize okay. with E. Good question. Good question. Good we'll question. do an eye chart deep dive on yeah, some and other. I bet Somebody will write us a letter and let us know what it is because we don't have Google in front of us and everyone else does. All right. We'll talk healthy living. We'll walk through a healthy recipe. We'll get to some of your phone calls and emails and a few voicemails as well. If you have a question for the good doc, the number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. And along with those calls, Zorba, we have a couple healthy living topics today. We're going to talk about... Forest bathing, forest bathing, which is really something that was talked about in Japan for a number of years, something that I think may be worthwhile, especially if the weather is turning cold, as it often is mm-hmm. everywhere around the country. Sure. And then we're going to talk about salt. Reducing just a little bit of salt may really help you get your blood pressure under control. Some research, new research out of the journal JAMA. All right. And what is our special recipe today? Mediterranean tuna salad. I happen to love tuna. Do you love tuna? I love tuna. I love tuna. So we've got some good ideas uh, and a good tuna that you may want to buy, some specialty tuna, and it's a new recipe and an old favorite. I like it. All right. To the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 800-462-7413. Let's go to our first caller now. This is a listener right here in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi. Hello. How can we help? Um, I had a question about post-menopause, post-surgical menopause, uh-huh. and uh-huh. hormone replacement therapy. Sure. So why do you have that question? So a year ago, I had an ovarian tumor removed. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, it was oh. cancerous in and of uh-huh. itself, but mm-hmm. not ovarian cancer, mm-hmm. so I'm cancer-free. Uh-huh. What kind of a cancer was it? So it was a borderline tumor. It was oh. a fibrous cyst uh-huh. that actually turned out to be 20 pounds, mm-hmm. if you can believe that mm-hmm. or not. And it had cancer in it, but it wasn't an aggressive sort of cancer. So okay. they call it a they call it a borderline mm-hmm. tumor. Uh-huh. Did they call it a dermoid cyst? Is that what they called it? No. Okay. So um, it was like a mucinous cyst. Mucinous cyst. Okay, got it. All right. Yeah. So at the time, they thought that I had cancer, and so did a full hysterectomy. Sure, of course. I'm for- mm-hmm. I'm 46. Mm-hmm. I was 45 at the time. Mm-hmm. So a little before my time of menopause. Right. And they're not interested in using any hormone mm-hmm. replacement. Mm-hmm. But as I go through, now that I am in a full menopause, do you have any advice of what to use instead of hormone replacement? Of course, of course. So the they, I take it, are the oncologists that also looked at this and said you can't Correct. take hormones. Right. So first answer is you can't take hormones because there may be a rogue cell out there that they're not sure of and they don't want to have it stimulated by estrogen because that, that could be a problem. Um, so... You know, first of all, we don't have a clear answer to this. Yes, you did have menopause before your time, although some women do go through menopause in their mid-40s, so it's not as if you're in your mid-30s, but it's probably earlier than you needed to go through because you probably had more five or ten years more of ovarian function, somewhere within that range. Uh, So what kind of symptoms are you having? Mostly, surprisingly, and I wasn't expecting this, and I think that's also fairly common, joint pain, mm-hmm. like really bad joint pain mm-hmm. and, okay. you know, overall just dryness. My okay. skin is different. Right. My whole right. body feels different, really. Right. Your whole body will feel different. And the skin dryness is definitely, you know, one of the, one of the problems, you know, with menopause. So, you know, if you look from a, from a point of view, an herbal point of view, black cohash, something people have recommended for years, it's really plus minus and whether or not it really does anything at all. So that's one recommendation. Another recommendation, believe it or not, are low-dose antidepressants can be remarkably helpful in menopause, even if you're not depressed. And if it's just a pain point of view, 
for the next year because you're young enough, you may just take over-the-counter or leave one or two tablets twice a day. It's an anti-inflammatory. works really well. It's not addictive. It's not habit-forming. And it may get rid of your joint pain while your body is sort of going through menopause. Those are three possibilities. That's phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I've got, I've got a question for you. So yeah. how do you feel? I mean, you went through a lot. I mean, psychologically. I struggled a lot, and I think that I, I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very traumatic experience. Those tumors are so fast-growing right. that you almost are like, you think something's going on. Right. They thought it was constipation, and it turned out to be this giant. I had fluid on my lung, so I had a yeah. collapsed lung. Right. Like, I was really, really, right. really, really sick. Right. Right. Um, how do I feel about it? I feel like I have a lot of anxiety about mm-hmm. going to get CT scans sure. and doing my right. proper cancer blood work. And right. I honestly wish there was more support through oncology for people who are going through this sort of thing. You know, there, that's um, that's a real issue because the support system for this is just always not there because, you know, people are still afraid of the C word. You know, you say the C oh, word. it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And people don't want to talk about it. And you have, you know, and sometimes you'll have friends who will say, how are you doing? But that's just sort of a perfunctory, how are you doing? Have you looked online for a support group? Um, no, I haven't. I'm a hairdresser, so mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to be around many, many people, right. a lot of women. Yeah, yeah. well, you, so give, you give them I've, support. You give a lot of people yeah. support. I mean, hairdressers Aww. are psychologists. You know, they really are. You know, Carl, Carl true. you hear what he said? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> You guys are psychologists, but now you need the help and you need the support. And that's that's something, you know, you've got a good str- – if you're a hairdresser, you've got a backbench of people. I really do. I feel supported. I Going back to – I do wish, though, when we have any kind of biopsy, I wish there was more support in that wait time. Yes. Even yes. at the very beginning, especially yes. when you have no idea what's right. going on. Right, and you're, so str- you're just right. like kind of thrown you're out floating. there for two weeks, and right. you wait. I really feel like that's also often, sometimes worse than actually sometimes the diagnosis and the treatment and all of that. So, right, right. Um, you bring up yes, a very I, good point. Really, good I feel point. very lucky to have the beautiful clientele that mm-hmm. I do have, and the community that I have also. Right, but, right. And you have a story that sounds like a happy ending. And that's important. I'm very lucky. I know right. that I'm very lucky to be have like the scary diagnosis at the beginning and actually just be like back to work six weeks later doing my job. Right, right. Keep trucking, keep moving forward. And like I said, your story looks like it has a happy ending. Thank you for oh. sh- thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for your kind words. Take care. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, before we get to our first topic today, we always appreciate when our listeners chime in and lend their ideas for what to discuss on the program. So I'm going to read an email here from a listener named Mary in Shatek, Wisconsin. Mary writes, Hi, Zorba. I listen to your show every week and sometimes twice in case I missed something. That's pretty nice, Mary. I'm writing today. It is nice. Isn't it? Yeah, very much so. I'm writing today to see what your opinion is on the idea of ecotherapy or time spent walking, roaming, or commuting with nature that may contribute to positive physiological health. I've recently been reading more about the emotional physiological ties of ecotherapy Mm -hmm. and specifically that of the connections between humans and healthy forests. Right. Having been born and raised in the Wisconsin Northwoods, I can attest to the benefits of daily forest walking, as well as years past spent living in the mountainous vacation lands of the American West. Recently, though, I witnessed some of the privatized aging lakeside forest in my small neighborhood being clear-cut with bulldozers, and it was quite traumatizing emotionally, but also physically. I'd appreciate any thoughts and comments you may have on this topic. Well, we have talked about this before, and the Japanese call it forest bathing, sure. and they have a word for it, which I will easily mispronounce. It's, it's <laughs> shinrin-yoku. That's the word for it. And it's forest bathing. The mm-hmm. idea of going in Mother Nature makes a difference. So do you camp with your kids? Uh, we've done it once uh-huh. or twice. We should do it more. Uh-huh. But we definitely do a lot of hikes yeah, with we the do kids. a lot of hikes. Why do, you, hikes. why do you do hikes? 
way to go. Just there. feels good. Why does it feel good? Uh, do you hike in fresh the, air? So do you hike in the neighborhood walking down the street? We do that, but also we'll go to a state park or you know a okay. county park. Yeah. So why hiking. would you take the time to go to a state park or a county park? It really does feel good. It feels good. Yeah. Right. It it's does. natural. Yep. So when you're in a when you're in a room, I like to lecture. I give lectures all the time around the country that I really like. If you're in a room not surrounded by windows, you feel encased. Like we're right now in a radio radio station room. There are no windows here. There's no window. Yeah. No windows here. Yep. So we're in the a box. first thing when a box. First thing you do when you walk out of the studio is you kind of look outside the window to see what the weather's like. <laughs> Why is that? We just do that right. automatically. We like that. We like Mother Nature and we like green space. And there are a number of studies that show that this is really important, and it may actually reduce cortisol, which is sort of a stress hormone. And it's been shown in some studies, and it's really not super hard science, but it's science, that blood pressure reduction can happen with green spaces or with outside spaces. Mm. They don't have to be green. It's Mother Nature. There may be a reduction in diabetes. There may be a reduction in ADHD and uh, and post-traumatic stress disorder, a whole bunch of things psychologically. And I find it kind of interesting. So here it is. We talk about diet, exercise, diet, exercise, diet, exercise. So what would you rather do? Would you rather bike outside or bike in a gym? Outside for sure. Right. If the weather's right. nice. Would you? If, not if in the, the winter. Yeah. Yeah. No, not in the winter. <laughs> not in the winter. Right. Not in the winter. So would you rather run on a treadmill or run outside? Usually outside. Yeah. Would you rather walk on a treadmill or walk outside? Outside. I mean, we're assuming the weather is nice. Right. That's assuming that. But on the other hand, in the wintertime in Wisconsin, sure. if, the sun, if the sun is out, believe it or not, anyone who doesn't live here may not believe it, and it's 10 degrees and there's no wind and you're dressed properly and you have good gloves, it's really nice. It is. And walking on the lake in the middle of a beautiful, pristine day, it actually is nice. It reminds me, by the way, of of that great movie, Fargo. Oh, yeah. Where she goes out on the lake, <laughs> and it's a frozen lake, and she, and she says to the other guy, the other policeman on the lake, she goes, nice day, isn't it? And he goes, yeah, it is really nice. Only if you live in the upper <laughs> upper Midwest do you realize it actually was a really nice day. She wasn't fooling that. If you lived in Southern California, you'd say, what is that a joke? It is not a joke at all. So what's the bottom line here? The bottom line is it's not just forest bathing. It's bathing in Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. And maybe what we should do is we should talk about diet, exercise, and environment. In other words, what are you eating uh, what are you doing? What are you doing for exercise? And when was the last time you actually were outside in Mother Nature? And those should be really the three pedestals of good health. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call anytime. Leave us a voicemail anytime. And let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener from Illinois. My question is regarding tinnitus. What can be done for tinnitus? The sounds you're hearing in your in your ears, uh, swishing or ringing. What can be done for it? What can be taken? Thank you. Very difficult problem. Now I have tinnitus. You yeah, don't that's have right. It. I actually have some mild, very mild tinnitus. Yeah, on and off. But yeah. you hear silence, right? I can, but I notice at night when I, you know, yeah. go to bed, yeah. it really you can hear the ringing. It's pretty you can hear faint, the but it's there. But, I bet it's there. Yeah. So I've had tinnitus, also pronounced tinnitus. There are both ways to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, the pronunciation, please. Let me tell you, there yep. is no correct way. I don't care what Merriam-Webster says. He's dead. Let's call the old thing let's off. Call the whole, let's <laughs> call the whole thing off. So. But uh, but tinnitus or tinnitus is ringing in the ears caused by basically ear dysfunction in the ciliary hairs that are in the cochlea, and they've been destroyed over time by loud noises. That's the theory, and it can also be destroyed by other things such as certain ear infections can produce it. We have no cure for it. We have no treatment for it that works all the time. We know that noise, that when there's silence, if you put something on such as white noise, it can make a big difference. We know that music or something playing in the background will make a difference. When I'm in my house, I always have a radio or something going in the background, even if it's another room where I can't hear it, that can make a difference. There's some hearing aids that are coming out that are plus minus where they actually, uh, you actually change the sound of the hearing aid and it supposedly will block it out. Uh, Some people believe that large doses of thiamine 
vitamin and uh, vitamin B6 will make a difference. There's really no data on that. So I don't have a good answer for it, except sound in the background does help. Now, for those people who really have problems, and some people do, doing cognitive behavioral therapy can help because it can be very, very bothersome. And sometimes it is. So for me, it changes the sound. In the summer, when I hear crickets outside, it sounds like crickets. Uh, at nighttime, when I go to sleep in the winter, it has more of a bell sound. So mm. the sound changes for me. Interesting. And I don't know quite what it is. But I do know that I will never hear silence again. And uh, I don't know if I miss it or not because mm. it's not in my brain anymore. Because mm-hmm. silence in my brain is tinnitus. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before we take a break, Zorba, let's hear from your favorite hand raisers, the Grammar Police. Oh, no, it's the Grammar. You know, maybe I should take singing lessons. That was That's beautiful. What I should do. Maybe Thank that you. would cure your tinnitus. Thank you. That's right. You yeah, sing. yeah, if it would, it would just be, sing yes, it away. Just <laughs> sing it away. Sing it in the rain. Sing it in the sound. We don't have to go there farther. The sound of silence. That's Actually, right. okay, Zorba. This one comes from a highly specialized advertising. Division. That's what you should do. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get there, by the way, in this segment. This is from a highly specialized division of the Grammar Police. This is from the Snack Cake Police. Okay, Snack Cake. Snack oh, wait cake a minute, police. wait a second. Oh, there, yeah. Wait you a minute, just we noticed. got it right here. Listen. Look at this thing. That's our little Debbie Snack That's Cake. That's Debbie Ann. Does it still smell? It still smell. Let me smell when that. When did we put this out here? Do we have a date? Months ago. Yeah, months ago. Months ago. And it still has a smell still, to it. Yeah, it, it still, still smells which means, like which, sugar. Which it still, <laughs> it does, it smells, I think it's... It's I very sweet it, smelling. I think it's smelling more and more... I wonder what it tastes like. We're not going to find out. Is that Judge Zorba's We're just going to leave it there. All right. This is from the Snack Cake Police. This is a voicemail from a listener in Wisconsin. <laughs> Hello. T- typical man thing. Uh, they just opened a, a little Debbie to see how long it lasted and made a big mistake. You don't open the package. The, the ones that are attributed to lasting forever are in sealed up packages that would hold in the moisture and keep them fresh. If you open them up, the air is going to dry them out and they're going to be yucky. Anyway, (laughs) they hope they bought more than one because they need to do that same test without opening one. And they do last a long time. <laughs> She's really listening closely. I like in, that. She noticed that we unwrapped I don't it. think it's a man thing, though. I think women <laughs> may also things? do it. I mean, let's not be sexist <laughs> when it comes to little Debbies and the cakes. But uh, you bring up a good point. So it we should keep it in the wrapper, I guess? It, you know what? Hey, this thing is still lasting. It still smells. And if I were starving on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean <laughs> with nothing to eat, that would still be the that would still have the same nutritional basis of giving me 180 wasted calories. But if I'm starving, they're not wasted. So you know what? I got to bring it out again and love see. Love this thing. You love pounding the little Debbie well, cake. I love it. I wonder what it, you know. It's, I bet it would taste crunchy. But you know what? I'm not tasting is it that today. The, is that it the definition back. of pound cake right there? Pound You keep cake. pounding it. It's enough, Like Carl. it's a gavel. Let's move on. Okay, since a little on. tangent here, sorry in advance. You mentioned, so since the, the listener mentioned um, not taking off the wrapper, right. any chance, Zorba, you want to hear a Little Debbie commercial from 1987? Where yeah, the, the company like decided. Really? Yeah, commercial? I dug this up. I've never little heard Debbie commercial Little Debbie commercial 1987. <laughs> well, here you go. I've seen them in the store, but I've never heard a commercial for them. So really? the company huh. decided to hire impressionist Rich Little mm-hmm. to rap about their snack cakes. Okay. Remember in the 80s and 90s, like a lot of companies were doing raps for, for commercials. They thought, oh, we're going to reach the rap youth with an R, not with a W. Exactly. Hip-hop raps. You know, they're like, let's make a rap yes, of McDonald's right. not, rapper. Not a cellophane rap. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's play it. So this is Rich Little doing, he's doing impressions of Jack Nicholson, Crocodile Dundee, this is 1987, and then George Burns, of all people. Doing Little Debbie? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a Little, little Debbie commercial. He's, okay. he's rapping. Let's, let's just hear the thing. Should we just hear the thing? I'll Go stop talking it. about it. All right. Rich Little raps for Little Debbie. I love Little Debbie's single snacks. Man, they're such a treat. A handy snack, any time, that you want to wait. These single snacks are really big, and they're really munchy. Oatmeal pie so creamy, man, and nutty bars so crunchy. Oof. Well... <laughs> 
it goes to show you that in the United States of America, you can sell calories many different ways, and they continue. So if that's that was like forty years ago, yeah, and we're still eating little Debbie. That's true. Are the grammar police giving Dr. Zorba a bad rap? Feel free to add to his rap sheet by posting on our Facebook page or by sending us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. That was too much. Sorry. More of your calls to come, more listener emails, and we'll be putting together a Mediterranean tuna salad all coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Christensen in the studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. The number to call anytime with your healthy living question is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But before we get back to the phone, Zorba, let's do our recipe. We got Mediterranean right. tuna, tuna salad. salad. Now, do you like tuna? I love tuna. I love I'll tuna. eat a t- I'll eat yeah. tuna salad. I'll yeah. eat tuna melts. Yeah. I like a tuna melt. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, tuna yeah. melts, tuna salad. Yep. Tuna casserole. I like raw I like tuna. ahi tuna. Yeah, yeah, all different kinds all of, of tuna. It. Yeah, tuna's always been my favorite from when I was a kid even to now. So Nice. It's a new recipe mm. on something that is a comfort food. So, yeah. so start out, I'm going to talk a bit about this. Five ounces of canned tuna. Five ounces of canned tuna. Now, what tuna do you well, like? If you want to go fancy, There's a lot and of different I like tunas. fancy, yeah. then it is a brand. I think it's an Italian brand called Tonino, T-O-N-N-I-N-O. Okay. It is expensive. They are a not little, a sponsor. We have to yeah, say that. They're not that. a sponsor. No. They're not a sponsor. Uh, and you can purchase it at a variety of stores. Uh, it's not in every store by any means. You know, usually it's in more upscale stories. You can also get it on the web. Mm-hmm. And it comes in a little jar, a little bottle, mm-hmm. and it's delicious. It's oil-packed, so if you're going to use that, not a water-packed tuna, if you want to use an oil-packed tuna, which really tastes better, has olive oil, sometimes it'll have garlic in it also. Mm. And King Oscar, which makes sardines, also makes yeah. a very upscale tuna that is very similar to Tonino. Okay. Now, other than that, if you buy the usual kind, bumblebee, and the other kind, Mm-hmm. If you use water-based tuna, once I get used to that, once I've gotten used to this more expensive tuna, that's the one that I tend to use. But you okay. can use any kind of tuna. Sure, any tuna will to. do. Five ounces of tuna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen ounce can of chickpeas. Now I'm not going to say garbanzos because I'll mispronounce it. <laughs> no, you said it right this time. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried. Chickpeas drained and rinsed. Uh, a cup of chopped cucumbers. One cup chopped cucumbers. Half cup chopped roasted red peppers. Half a cup chopped roasted red peppers. Quarter cup chopped red onion. Quarter cup chopped red onion. Quarter cup chopped caramenta olives. Qu- did you say caramenta? Or did I just hear my own no, you name did. in there? You heard it. So it's, it's a quarter cup chopped kalamata. I see. I just wanted to see whether or not you were paying attention. That's it. <laughs> it's kalamata right. Yeah, caramenta. Sorry, listeners. Kalamata. I had to kalamata. On that that's one. An, oh, that's 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 enough. <laughs> that got a thumbs and up from Brad. And two tablespoonfuls of chopped <laughs> parsley. Right. Uh, now you're going to use a red wine vinaigrette. Three tablespoonfuls of red wine vinegar. Three big tea red wine vinegar. Tablespoonful of Dijon mustard. One big tea Dijon mustard. Now, if you have, if you're going to use olive oil in the canned tuna, you don't have to add the one t- and a half tablespoonfuls of olive oil to this. Good point. Okay? That makes sense. That's it. Okay, one and a half that's little right. tea olive. oil. If, yeah. if if you don't, they, if you're not they using, hurt us. But I, yeah, I, that's right, they hurt us. Yeah, they're public radio people. They hear, they're taking they notes. take notes. That's right. A uh, half teaspoon of garlic powder. 
half a little tea garlic powder. Three quarters of a teaspoon of dried oregano. Three quarters little tea, dried and oregano. And some salt and ground pepper. S&P. How many pepper grinders do you have in your house? <laughs> you asked me this before. That's right, I have. Just one, and again. I know you have more That's than right. one in multiple one, locations. You've got to be able to reach for the pepper grinder whenever you want it, so you need multiple pepper grinders. That sounds like stereo so systems in my house. I have, like, multiple stereo setups. Yeah, yeah, but different. you don't have multiple pepper grinders. No. Shows you what you care about, sound and not taste. I know it's important. Although you have good taste and sound. <laughs> oh, there you but go. let's move on. Good point. I'm learning. <laughs> Add all the ingredients for the vinaigrette in a jar with a lid or a bowl, shake or whisk, whichever you want to. Add all the ingredients for the tuna salad in a bowl, pour the vinaigrette over, pour it, season it, taste it with a little salt and pepper as needed. Pepper really just on top of it before you eat because it really opens up uh, you know, the little pepper, I don't know what you call them. Peppercorns? Yeah, peppercorns. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Peppercorns. That's what I'm here for. Taste. That, yes. <laughs> that's that's all I'm here that's for. It. That's it. That's <laughs> it. If you want a recipe, you can come to our website, zorbapastor.org. That's zorbapastor.org. Or, of course, you can find us through Facebook. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's help a listener now in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hi. Hi, Dr. Sorba. Nice to talk to you. Nice talking to you, too. How can we help you? Um, I am chronically ill, Mm -hmm. and um, it's taken me a long time to get diagnoses um, because most of the time I was passed off as mental illness. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, this so has gone I, on I finally, over over how long a period of time? Uh, more than a decade. More than a decade. That is a long period of time. Mm-hmm. It's been a very long road to hoe. Um, I have had to be a very fierce advocate for myself to get the, the, the diagnoses that I have. And it just has seemed to me through this whole process that mm-hmm. my primary care provider should be able to help me navigate this and sure. deal with specialists. Mm-hmm. And because right now I am on over two dozen medications what? and I have more than a dozen specialists. Wow. Huh. And I recently had uh, a breast biopsy mm-hmm. that showed um, LCIS, lobular carcinoma in situ. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that increases my risk of breast cancer, my lifetime risk of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So I have some choices to make. So I reached out to my primary care provider Mm -hmm. and asked him if he could help me navigate because a little bit of research I did, especially with tamoxifen, that's Mm going to affect what my endocrinologist has to say about that treatment and what my rheumatologist wants me, you know, to happen. And, and these things And I asked him if he could help coordinate with my specialist and talk doctor speak to the specialist uh-huh. and then help translate that to me and help me make this decision. Right. And he said, no, mm-hmm. I'm just very confused about mm-hmm. what I should be expecting from my uh-huh. primary uh-huh. care physician. Well, well, first of all, he may not have the expertise to do that. So well, that, that I, certainly, I mean, that certainly is a possibility. In other words, it's hard to weigh these things together. What, what's your chief diagnosis? Is there one diagnosis or that's overwhelming the it's, others, or are there just multiple diagnoses that are all sort of playing together? It's multiple diagnoses playing together for the most Got part. It. I have mm-hmm. undifferentiated connective tissue disease, which is seronegative, mm-hmm. um, which means it was hard to find. Our working theory is that it's Sjogren's syndrome, uh-huh. oh, that's from difficult. which I have mostly neurological mm-hmm. implications. Mm-hmm. Then I also have monoclonal B-cell lymphocytosis, mm-hmm. but along with that, a, um, an immunodeficiency, a combined variable, common variable immunodeficiency. Well, you, you bring up a really good point. When it comes to things that are this complicated, we actually don't have somebody who would be, we'll say, the captain of the ship that looks and says, you've got these things together and I can recommend that this is your risk for this, that's your risk for that, this is your risk for that. Because it's never a clear, you know, what you should do is never clear and ultimately it's balancing risk versus benefit in multiple venues. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know your history, but that's what it looks like to me. And, and it's going to be hard for you to find somebody and you may not find somebody. There may not, we don't have a specialty that actually does this. 
and says, I can tell you this and bring this all together. And so you're stuck well, with the fact that you're seeing, talking to different doctors, right? Right. I'm talking to different doctors, and the specialists, they're all making their decisions based on their specialty. Correct. And to this point, right. I have had to really be a fierce advocate and, you know, really confront my specialists with the, with the, I have a medical background mm -hmm. and I can oh. understand okay. the laboratory testing that's done. So I can at least say, but what about this? And isn't this going to affect that? And then, you know, I have had to drive the bus for, mm -hmm. through this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I have to be proud of myself that I've gotten to sure. this point. You should be and proud. And we've gotten, and, right. I've, and I've gotten effective treatment. Right. So Yeah, when you advocate for yourself, you get better treatment. There's no doubt about that. Time you know, right. time you know, studies have shown if you advocate for yourself, you're gonna get better treatment. But unfortunately what you don't have is you still don't have somebody on uh, an advocate for you that can give you all the answers. And I don't right. know who you would turn to. All right. I, I guess what I was kind of hoping was just someone who could direct traffic. Right. You know, right. Keep in contact with my specialist. Make sure that one treatment isn't interfering with another treatment. I need an air traffic controller. Yeah, it's a real problem. <laughs> it's a real problem with our medical system. I don't really have a good answer for you. However, okay. However, mm -hmm. educating yourself, you ha and being your best advocate, and you know, like you have been doing, is really your best answer to try to get the best care. Especially since you've got multiple medical problems. And the other issue is that it, we don't actually understand how multiple medical problems work together in a complex organism. In other words, when you've got more than probably three or four things together, we don't have any way of really knowing how they affect each other when you're taking multiple medications. Because the interactions, once you get above six drugs, a lot of interactions that we don't really understand well. Oh, yeah, so, there is an elaborate chemistry experiment going on inside my body. Inside <laughs> your body. Hey, but you're going on, you're working on it, and unfortunately you have to be your own air traffic controller. Oh, that's tiring. It is tiring, but you're doing it. It sounds like you're doing a good job, and keep up the good work. And and thanks for sharing that. I think a lot of listeners have some of the same issues you have. Maybe not as complex, but certainly the same issues. All right. Well, I'm I, I can lower my standards then, and uh, see if I can find somebody who just at least has empathy and willing willingness to communicate. Right. Exactly. That's the issue. So, well, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. I enjoy the show. Thanks. Thank you. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener from Sunland Park, New Mexico. Uh, what's up, Doc? Dr. Zorba, huge fan. I am a chef, and I've been creating these herbal cigarettes that I uh, plan to use for New Year's Eve to give away as a healthy alternative to smoking because we're having a theme New Year's party. But my question is, smoking herbal cigarettes, which is tea, lavender, cinnamon, oregano, basil, molding leaf, is it healthier or better, or is there still some kind of uh, smoke inhalation effects that I should be aware of. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. I'm listening to you right now, and I, you're, every time you laugh, I smile. Thank you very much for <laughs> That's everything nice. you've done. That's nice. That's nice. Yes, nice. So, uh, Carl, let me ask you a question. Okay. Okay. Uh, you've been at a bonfire, right? Sure. Bonfire. Yeah, I love a and, good bonfire. And, and a bonfire. What happens when the smoke goes towards you? The wind changes and the smoke goes towards you. <laughs> I usually you. try to what go to think? a different position, you know, why, then it follows why, you around why, why sometimes. Do you, why do you do that? Because it's smoke in your, in your lungs, That's right. right? So what about <laughs> smoke in your lungs from herbs? I mean, particulate matter in your lungs, is it going to be healthy? Of course not. No of course smoke it's is, not going to yeah. be healthy. On, on the other hand, is smoking are smoking these herbs one time on New Year's Eve? Is it really going to bother you? Probably not. But as a doctor, can I really say it's okay to smoke this herbal <laughs> cigarette? Probably not. You know, the thing about tobacco is, you know, if you smoke 20 cigarettes a day for 20 years, you have a lot of problems because, you know, this is a, you know, it's a vegetable product, you know, that's going in there and there are leaves that are in there. But, you know, so 
you know, New Year's Eve, people do wild and crazy things in New Year's Eve. This is probably, well, let me take that back. This is definitely safer than drinking too much and driving. There you go. Let's put it into That's a That's a good, yeah. Or drinking too much and getting really sick. Sure. Or just drinking too much. <laughs> 800 <laughs> There, I kind of figured out that answer the right way. You really threaded the needle there. Good job, Doc. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before the break, Zorba. Time for a fully licensed and accredited medical physician to clear-cut through the online clickbait, take on the almighty internet. You're the doctor, by the way. That's right. That's right. We I'm call not, this segment... I'm not the clickbait, <laughs> right. right. This is Google Doc. I have a question. Oh, yeah. What what is that tingly sound? What are you playing? A triangle. Oh, a that's triangle. a triangle. Yeah. Oh, that's a triangle. I love playing the triangle. Oh, I think, yeah. It's something is really satisfying it's about a, the triangle. A, a triangle. Yeah. Well, triangles are important. They're important. <laughs> Geometric <laughs> point math, of view. They're yeah, important. That's sure. right. Uh, all right, Zorba. This is a voicemail from a listener in St. Francis, Wisconsin. Hi. Read online with not a lot of backup, so I'm asking Zorba chromium. It is said to curb sugar cravings. Is this true? How much? What are the downsides? I appreciate it. I love sugar. Have a good day. Well, a lot of people love sugar. I love sugar. (laughs) Sure. A lot of people (laughs) love sugar. And does chromium curb the cravings? So if chromium craved the cravings, it's like a a tongue twister, (laughs) then we would be putting chromium all over our food and not eat very much. So (laughs) you'd have two chromium shakers in your house, right? That you'd put chromium (laughs) on the food and then you wouldn't eat nearly as much food. So the answer is uh uh. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. No. Now, we do need chromium. Okay. We need micro amounts, really small amounts of chromium in our diet. I don't really remember uh, what chromium is in. I don't remember. It's not It's not in my brain. It's on you the periodic table. I know you that. Can, yeah, it is on the periodic table. <laughs> I can't table. remember what number it is. It's but. on the – yeah, if you could remember what number it is, <laughs> it would be a different life. But it's on the uh, – but anyway, chromium yeah. is something that we need uh, to produce certain things in microscopic amounts. So you got to have it. But it's not going to curb your sugar cravings. All right. Have a healthy living question for the good doc? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. Much more of the show to come. We'll have more of your calls. We'll tackle another interesting healthy living topic and more of your voicemails as well. So please stick around. Keep that radio dialed right here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Christensen in Buck Studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. This is Zorba Pastor on Your Health. And the number to call anytime with your healthy living question is 800 462 7413. That's 1 800 462 7413. But Zorba, before we get back to those phone calls, we've got some new research here that cutting one teaspoon of salt works as well as your blood pressure meds? Well, there there are a lot of issues here. And we've known some of this for for quite some time. By the way, a pickle, a good size dill pickle has about a teaspoon of salt or more. That makes sense. That's part of the brining. That's part of the brining that goes in there. I love a good Uh, pickle. You know, so the the issue is we should be eating roughly about 2,300 milligrams of salt, which is about a teaspoon of salt a day. That's what we should be eating. But we put salt in everything because we get used to salt. So when I was in Tibet and Nepal off the grid uh, a while ago for a month, and I came back, everything tasted salty to me, everything mm. I ate, because there's so much salt in food. And after a week, my brain adjusted to it, and most of the food did not taste salty to mm. me. But salt is what we crave, and that's why it's put in uh, in, pr- in food, you know, soups and everything else mm-hmm. that are there. 
So regardless of the medication, the question was, will salt make a difference? Do you salt your food? I never put salt on the food, unless it's in a recipe or something, but I will never, you know, yeah. in post-production, so, yeah. put in salt on Post-production? <laughs> Who thinks of food as post-production? I don't know. Oh, well. Well, this particular study, uh, which has gotten a lot of play, was in JAMA. They took a little over 200 people, aged 50 to 75 weeks. They put them on one week of a high-sodium diet and one week of a low-sodium diet. Okay, 25% of the people had normal blood pressure. 25% had untreated high blood pressure. Newly diagnosed, untreated high blood pressure. And the reigning 20, 20% of the group either had blood pressure under control or did not have it under control. So you got a whole variety of different people. So during the high salt week, people ate their normal diet with two bouillon cubes, which is roughly about 2,000 milligrams extra of salt. During the low salt week, people ate foods that were low sodium purchased or given to them by dietitians. And they only had about 500 milligrams of salt a day. In other words, really it was a low-sodium diet. Well, there was a drop in blood pressure hmm. of all the people in all the groups when they were in the low-sodium group. People on high blood pressure who weren't controlled, some of them got into control. People with the, uh, high blood pressure that were never getting any treatment totally took care of it by going to a low-sodium diet. Hmm. And so... The bottom line for this particular study was sodium makes a difference. It's not, by the way, salt. It's sodium that's actually doing it because when we have sodium, we increase uh, the water in our body, and that increases our blood pressure. Hmm. So there's some bottom lines here. First of all, if you have high blood pressure, go to a lower salt diet and see whether or not you're in control mm -hmm. before you start on medications. See whether or not it is. Not everyone is completely salt sensitive. Some people are not. If you have blood pressure that's not under control and your doctor wants to add another pill, go on a low-sodium diet. See whether or not you can actually follow a low-sodium diet. But I think all of us can reduce salt in our diet, and that's going to be better for our kidneys, better for our heart, better for our brain because it reduces heart attack, stroke, and basically kidney dysfunction in our body by having less sodium to eat. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462-7413. All right, let's go back to the phones now. Let's help out a caller in Norman, Oklahoma. Hi. Hi. How can we help? I have a question about the regular, I take uh, steroids on a regular basis. Uh -huh. What do you take steroids for? I have a, was diagnosed finally a long time ago. It's been probably getting close to 30 years ago. I was finally diagnosed with Addison's disease. With Addison's disease. Okay. Addison's disease is where you're not making enough natural cortisol in your oh, body. Okay. Right. From the adrenal glands. Not yes. easy not easy to diagnose. That must have taken a taken a while before they figured it out. Well, I just kept going back to somebody mm -hmm. and finally, as luck would have it, I I had a good at an emergency room visit. Mm -hmm a good uh, gastroenterologist, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, he, I was put in the hospital because mm -hmm. I was extremely dehydrated. And the next morning after he'd asked me about this test, I said, yes, that's fine. He had a big smile on his face for <laughs> 50 years. I was like, this guy doesn't smile. And he goes, you have Addison's disease. He made the, di he made the diagnosis, which is yeah. not, always, not always easy to make. It's not, they're not some, they are really not typical. The symptoms are not always a red, you know, red flag for things. Yeah, he was, he was proud of that. Mm -hmm. He was proud yeah. of that. <laughs> he was proud he of that. Was. Yeah, he was. And proud. I said, well, what's Addison's disease? Mm -hmm. He said... Well, President Jack Kennedy had it. That's right. And I said, that's right. I that's right. You got it. You got it. And a prednisone had not been invented or a prednisone at that time, he would have died. Mm. And if you look at early pictures of him where he's really super thin, mm. very, very thin, it's because of the Addison's disease and he just wasn't making enough enough cortisol from his adrenal glands. So uh so you've moving on. You've had this for thirty years. Are you on you're on cord what are you on every day? It's called maintenance doses of uh Prednisone mm -hmm. and fluorocortisone. Uh -huh, that's right. So you're on two, a mineral corticoid and a glucocorticoid, they're called. Right. And you're on that. On, yeah, I got to do it. Otherwise you, otherwise you won't live. That's it. So, yeah. so. You were dealing on one of your previous shows with 
a caller who, you know, had been taking them and you thought some of his issues were caused by. But this, you have reiterated what I've been told that, you know, this is a, a but I've had both hips replaced. Mm-hmm. Now I mm-hmm. just had a knee replacement, mm-hmm. total knee replacement a week ago. Mm-hmm. So I've a week often ago. wondered if this would have happened. You know, I'm 70. Mm-hmm. If it would have been this way, had I not had to be on steroids. Right. Well, first of all, you don't sound like you're 70. You sound like you're 50. So oh, you've got to be. <laughs> you, you've got a great young voice. Um, Seventy-year-olds often need hips and knees replaced. I mean, because it's a natural thing. So, first off, if people take. Uh, steroids, and they don't have Addison's disease, that can lead to osteoarthritis. And if you read about it on the web, that are not just osteoarthritis, can, but can lead to joint dysfunction where you need joint replacement. In other words, uh, I have, for instance, I have a wrist arthritis. It bothers me every so often, and I take non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen. But if I took prednisone, it would really take care of it, but then it might destroy my joints because I don't have Addison's disease. When you have Addison's disease, you're taking a replacement of what your body normally produces, and it's really not going to do damage to your joints. Because if it's regulated properly, it's probably not, it probably did not have an effect. And besides, even if it did have effect, you'd be dead if you didn't take it. So you wouldn't need a joint replacement because you'd be six feet under. So <laughs> that would be the bottom line. That would be okay. the bottom line. Well, it's been wonderful to have you take my call and just kind of put more confidence in, you know, I think I have a really good endocrinologist. So, uh, but I just... Sometimes I just like to get another always. Opinion when it's I always can. that that that's why we're here. That's why we're here. So thanks very much. Thanks for your call. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, thank you, Doctor Zorba. You take Bye-bye. care. Bye bye. Thanks so much for that call at eight hundred four six two seven four one three. That's one eight hundred four six two seven four one three. All right, let's go to another voicemail here. This is a listener in Phillips, Wisconsin. I'm going off of cholesterol medicine a week ago, and in fact, even longer, because I want to purchase some grapefruit, and I know grapefruit and cholesterol medicine don't go together. So if I don't have cholesterol for a week and then have the grapefruit, will I be safe? Because I'm really determined to have the grapefruit. I'd rather have the grapefruit than the cholesterol pills any day. Anyway... Keep up the puns. I'm a punster. I love it. Tom and Carl and Brad and Dr. Zorbach, keep it up. I love it. Love your show. Thank you. She loves the puns. <laughs> Where's a pun? I, I have a no pun. pun ready for Come this. Come on. I'm no. waiting for the pun. I'm waiting for a pun from the punster. You don't have a no, pun. I have no it's grapefruit It's not in your pun. brain. There's Sorry no to, grapefruit pun. Sorry to Sorry, you're going through your brain. The hard disk is going, but you can't get to a grapefruit. Sorry to sour the mood. I yeah. have no grapefruit sour pun Sour the mood. You got all. close to that, but not quite. It's not really <laughs> sour. It's not good. Well, first of all, the issue is actually swallowing the pill with grapefruit juice and what oh. it does. I would not recommend by any means going off the statin and eating grapefruits. I wouldn't do that. Stay on the statin, take the statin at night, take the grapefruit in the morning. That's what I would do. And it may increase the statin, uh, the statins in your blood a little bit you know, during the daytime, but for the most part, it's eating it within four to six hours of actually taking the pill. That's what I've read. That's the latest data that I've seen. So enjoy. I wonder if she put sugar on that grapefruit. Do mm, you do that? My parents did that, I remember. But we had a don't. special grapefruit spoon yeah, that's got like a spoon. serrated edge. It's got a serrated edge. Yeah. You don't have one at home? I don't. I got to look. I'm not sure. And a grapefruit, you've got a little grapefruit knife. Have you seen the Knife. No, I've never seen the knife. A little knife. It's a little knife that's that's kind of wiggly, and it goes and you put it through so you can actually uh, eat the segments. Oh, you cool. don't eat much grapefruit, do you? Uh, I don't know. No. I like grapefruit juice though. I think it's an age thing. Do you think old people eat grapefruit and young people don't? Grapefruit and prunes, right? Well, grapefruit and prunes. I feel like I'm going to get some emails that's for that one. kind of disgusting. Is that- <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I like prunes and I like grapefruit, but I can't not imagine together. eating that together. No. All right. Uh-uh. 800-46. The prune association is going to be down on us. I don't know about the grapefruit people. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 
7413. All right, before we head out today, Zorba, we love when our listeners contribute their healthy living tips to the show. So the following voicemail is from a listener in Sandpoint, Idaho. Dr. Zorba was talking, uh, somebody had called and they talked about getting rid of the hiccups. And I thought, holy cow, I'm, I have a way that I only tell, I've only told my family. <laughs> and it's worked for me until the point that I have never had a hiccup. So uh, what it is, is I uh, hold my breath as, I don't take a deep breath, I take a deep, a fairly deep breath, but I don't overdo it. And then I just, Hold it there until I can't hold my breath anymore. And then I slowly let the air out. And then after that, the hiccups are gone. And uh, I had I did that a few times. And after that, I never had any hiccups again for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm 80 years old. Bye-bye. I don't know what do you if think you, of that one? I don't know if you're going to get rid of it for the rest of your life by <laughs> doing it like that. But that is one of the treatments for hiccups sure. because it's a it's a spasm of the diaphragm, holding your breath and then blowing it out slowly. Good point. You know hmm. what do you do when you get hiccups? Oh gosh, I guess I try to hold my breath. Hold my breath. That's yeah. usually what you do. I my, yeah. actually uh, my eight year old got the hiccups a couple weeks ago yeah. and. and he it was going on for a while, like yeah, an, for hour a while. Or an hour, an hour, an hour. So I think he was watching TV or something, yeah. and um, I left the room yeah. and I came up and I snuck up on him and yeah. scared him, yeah. and it actually worked. Yeah, because that whole work. thing about scaring no, it does, no, it does work. It yeah. does work. No, he was you, so surprised. Yeah, he was so surprised. You just scared him. What did <laughs> he scream? Oh, Dad, why'd <laughs> you do that? And I'm like, hey, where are those hiccups? He's like. Oh, that's you right. Because you're doing, you're sort of what it is. It's sort of it's a cramp of the diaphragm. Mm. That's really what it is. It's sort of a Charlie horse of the diaphragm, and it's a good way to get rid. I couldn't believe well, it. Well, I don't think it'll go for his whole life, but good luck. Try it. It got hiccups, and we'd like to hear many different ways of how to get rid of hiccups. We'd be inter- <laughs> We'll do a whole hiccup show. Do you have a healthy tip for the show? Don't make us hold our breath. Come on, let us know. Send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. Or where else? Facebook. That's the one. I think. (laughs) Should we do this again next week, Zorba? I hope so. Okay. If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web. At ZorbaPastor.org or, of course, through Facebook. And don't forget, you can call us anytime. 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 To leave, <laughs> I thought you were going to do more. <laughs> to leave us your question at 800-462-7413. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next... Zorba Pastor on your health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's Healthy Living Articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's zorbapastor.org.